Welcome back, guys and gals, to the Vikings Voice with your host, Sean Zimmer. Episode 2, just a week after episode 1, which if you listened to that first episode, you would be sitting there wondering if I was going to be putting out another episode one week from that date, as I was 30 minutes from going to the courthouse facing a 12-month sentence behind bars unsure if I would be going to jail that evening or coming back home. And I am back home for now. The judge is taking his time to make a decision on my sentence, which I will be finding out that officially now on October 18th, just a few short weeks away, which I have completely let go to the outcome on that. Obviously, my desired outcome is to stay a free man, I have not let any fear in. I have not let my emotions get the best of me on that, which is going to be part of the subject that I want to talk to you today on. In life, we can choose between fear or faith. And when you get to a certain point, building on your faith, I touched base in relation last episode when I talked about the mountaintops that we are climbing and when you face so many mountains you get to a point where no how no matter how hard the mountain gets you know there's a beautiful view at the top and that's the same in conversation where i speak now on faith having such a strong faith that your emotions don't take control of you your faith is stronger than your emotions And it's a beautiful place to be, absolutely beautiful place to be. I have faith in every situation. Life will give you whatever experience is most helpful for the evolution of your consciousness. The question is, are you paying attention? In every adversity or challenge, there is a seed to equivalent or greater success. But you have to be looking for that seed. You must take it, plant it. Take care of it. Nurture it. What we sow, we reap. There's no doubt about that. Karma, cause and effect. So soon I will find out what that sentence is. And I want to go in detail on that incident as I left you all hanging a little bit last time. All I told you was that my stand in the fight for freedom led me to that situation I'm in now. Which is truth. Many assume that would be a charge I'm facing for my non-compliance somehow, and that is not the case. However, I do have $30,000 in tickets for my non-compliance for hosting people in my backyard working out and getting together for karaoke nights and bonfires, which I will dive into much deeper in next episodes to start bringing guests on here, which we will talk about Most definitely, the charges. Let's dive into that. And what this whole situation has given me. 
the evolution of my consciousness, the tests, the tests that I have faced, which part of me feels I failed when I look at the whole situation. But in reality, when I take a step further back and look at the entire situation, that failure has given me something so strong to hold to never forget as I wasn't always sitting here completely let go of my desired outcome of staying a free man. I was stressing a lot about this. I have a daughter who's nine years old and I have known for a year now that the crown is adamant on giving me 12 months behind bars. And that was causing me a lot of anxiety a lot. It really affected me for a while. Almost an entire year. And so stepping back and looking at that entire situation, originally thinking the failure that got me into it, but taking account everything I've experienced this last year, it has ingrained a memory that will never leave my mind from what happened and what I've learned. And what's at stake? When certain situations arise and you have a choice to make. So let's get into it. What happened? Why am I facing a year in jail? It's for an assault. An assault that happened about 14 months ago. Now, for those who've been paying attention on the stance that I took, with what's happened the last few years, I opened my backyard up and afterwards the inside of my home as well to the community, to strangers who soon became friends and family. When we were told we couldn't have more than one person over inside our home or outside, that's when I said enough is enough and put everything off to the side that I was working on and invited everybody that needed a place to come. Free workouts, Evolving into workouts for kids as well, weekly bike rides, weekly yoga, weekly martial arts classes, bi-weekly freedom fires, comedy nights, stand-up comedy, karaoke, axe throwing competitions, whatever I could put out there to bring people together and give them a place of safety, a place where they could gain sanity amongst an insane world all that was going on around them, the depression that was bringing everybody down from watching everybody just get in line. Get in line because they just wanted to go along and get along. They were threatened by their peers or even those who were threatened with their jobs, which came to many at the end of it. One of the most sad things to see was those who just gave in to everything because they wanted to go to sporting events. They didn't want to give up going to a restaurant. So I became very known, very much so in Winnipeg where I live. I am in Canada, Winnipeg. Very known for what I was doing, the stand I was taking, the police were here at my home often. 
And there I was recording them on my phone all over the internet telling them to F off. You have no power over me with this. I'm not listening to you. And we're going to continue on. And at the time, I did so in a much more aggressive way, as I described on the first episode. I've made quite the transition from a lot of unresolved anger, sitting in my pain body fully, evolving to this man now who does very well at loving thy neighbor as himself and respecting everybody's journey, looking at things at a much bigger picture. But when this incident happened, I wasn't at that point yet. This was a catalyst towards that, though. Part of why the university, universe brought it to me. University of life. To evolve my consciousness. As I was very much living in my pain body, and here I was, playing music very loudly one evening out of my yard, as I would do often when there was a bomber game, football game, NFL game here, where the bar beside my home would gather a bunch of buses, probably about 20 or 30 school buses, where everybody would come and park their cars here, hop on those buses, first mostly jump in the bar, fill their traps up with all the alcohol and fried food they can get their hands on, go to the game, and then come back and have a safe place to leave from. I know that's not why everybody would utilize that service, but unfortunately most do. Being a neighbor to this parking lot, I see a lot of drunk drivers, a lot of just sad, sad People living their lives at the bottom of a bottle, living vicariously through their favorite sports players. So this one night I'm playing music. Actually, some of the music uh, by the artist Rebel Jennings that you hear at the beginning of this episode. Songs that speak on the pandemic playing it very loudly as these individuals are parking their cars and going on the bus and getting off in hopes that some of the lyrics may connect, help wake them up, help them think about what they're doing. Because at this time, anybody going to the bomber game was utilizing their Vax card to get into that game. And all those who chose not to get that experimental shot were not allowed to go. And this was right at the beginning, and they were just happy getting behind it, no care about everything that was happening to all the others in the world that didn't agree with taking that, who were having their rights stripped away. So as I'm playing this music, I was standing in the parking lot next door, enjoying some new floodlights I hooked up on this giant beautiful elm tree I have in my backyard that covers half the yard and as I was standing there the buses were unloading everybody after the game and this individual walks up to me now I should back up and say 
This is two days after I came across a post on Reddit that many people sent me to bring awareness on what was being spoken about on the internet about me. We'll just say hate speech to say the least, even threats to a certain degree on what should be done to this individual who has no regard for the rules. Some disturbing things were on that post. Bringing my daughter into the picture, making suggestions for people to call child family services as it is not a safe place for my daughter to be with the police coming and me standing against everything, which I did have a file open from child family services for this. Thankfully, my daughter's mom and I co-parent very well and that file was shut down very quickly as they learned the real facts that I am a father who is providing a safe place for his daughter. So two days after I discovered this post, this individual comes up to me as I'm playing music here in the parking lot, fairly intoxicated, and right away tells me, I know who you are, I know what you do, and then just starts going off. I don't need to get in the details about all the names he's calling me, everything he's swearing off about. He came trying to instigate me. And this is where I look at it as a test from God. He came to get under my skin. And at that time, as I said, I didn't make that shift to really loving thy neighbor as yourself. I was working on it. This night I had a few drinks in myself as well. This is actually the final nail in the coffin. Well, actually the second last nail in the coffin on why I have removed alcohol for good for my life, which is something I'll dive into further on another episode as that has been a ongoing battle throughout my earlier years in life that has arose in my later years from time to time, rearing its ugly head, really letting the words from my pastor stick with me when he asked me, Sean, have you ever regretted drinking? I know everybody I've ever asked this says yes. Well, ask yourself, have you ever regretted not drinking? Have you ever woke up and said, I wish I drank last night? The answer to that would probably be no. Never heard anybody say yes yet. So a few drinks in my system. Two days after I read a post, all this hate speech, bringing my daughter into things already sitting in my pain body with everything going on in the world, very upset about everybody enabling everything, especially this night. Here I am playing music very, very loudly for all these people enabling everything. And this individual provoking me. Really doing what he can to push my buttons. At this point in my life, I would have just walked away went into my yard, but I didn't do that that night. I told him to get out of my face. His response was, what are you going to do about it? I told him to get out of my face. I told him to get out of my face five times until I didn't have patience for a sixth time. So I ended up grabbing this individual, 
putting him against the wall. Trying to drive a little bit of fear into him to get out of there. Flexing my power now, power and strength that I thought was such at the moment, which is one of the biggest lessons I've taken from this, what true power is, being restrained. I let go of him, and there he goes, backing up, still melting off to me, but walking away now. So I start walking towards him, making sure he's to leave. And then he says something about my daughter and me in regards to being a pedophile. I'm going to get what's coming to me. And I snapped. I ran after him. He ran quick. I ran faster. I pushed him down from behind. Took his beer case that he had and smashed it over his head. And then I kneeled over him and I started asking him a series of questions. When he gave me the wrong answer, he got hit. I asked him if he was going to ever talk about my daughter again. Questions like that. And when he gave me an answer that was only half conscious, he got hit. He ended up getting three beer cans smashed over his head and punched three or four times to the face. I got up after he said what I wanted him to say. And I left him there. There was people all around in cars. Nobody did anything. Watching the video in court was actually disturbing to see that. It's unfortunate that nobody had the courage to at least try to help the guy a bit, put a stop to it. But I understand. People got a lot on the line to step into something like that. So I went back home, and sure enough, it wasn't long until I was arrested. It was all on camera. The individual went to the hospital. He got 10 staples to his head. And I imagine his pride hurt even more. Something I've thought about quite a bit. You know, when I share the story with people, a lot of people say, well, he got what he deserved. Many of you listening to this are probably thinking just that right now. Whether that's the case or not, I definitely don't think I did the right thing at that time. And if he got what he deserved, it was quite a bit of excessive force for such. True power being in the restraint. So, as my lawyer told me, the crown was coming after me for 12 months. That really caused a lot of anxiety in my life the last year. Thinking about my daughter, not having her dad around for a year, just the effect of that. My dog, best friend of 13 years, as he's coming into his old age. The community that I built here, 
the hundreds of families who look up to me, who look to me for aid, for a place of safety, to help them, to help them raise strong kids in the world that is really trying to do the opposite right now and is breaking so many people. So this last year, facing all that, diving into my spirituality more and more, this was a catalyst for evolving to a place of not reacting, taking a step back, not feeding into my pain body, my ego. Really thinking things through and understanding all the anger and divide that's been caused and put inside people and what it's doing and how a reaction of such isn't helping the situation at all. I got to tell you, understanding the restraint. My part in scripture, even the meek shall inherit the earth. Gratitude to a whole nother degree. I can really relate with my dog that much more now. You know, my dog of 13 years has taught me so much. He is so grateful just to go for a walk. So grateful to go for a run. To just be, get outside. As I approached my first court date a few months ago, which there's a technicality, so things were put back to last week, I was not in such a blissful state of letting go to the desired outcome I have. And those couple weeks leading up to that court date, I'll never forget stepping outside in the morning and just how grateful I was to be able to do so, smelling the fresh morning air or whether I was walking out in sunshine or in the rain, getting to enjoy those showers and just looking up to the sky freely, hearing the birds sing in the yard, walking around the garden, having my own schedule in the morning as I pleased. My gratitude heightened so much. That's something I've taught on for a while. I've been a grateful, grateful man. So I was surprised to see just how much I was still missing. You know, as a lifestyle coach before, one of the first things I got my clients into was a gratitude exercise every morning which is becoming very popular over the last few years, which is great to see. I think a lot of people don't understand the full impact of doing a gratitude exercise when you wake up and write out what you're grateful for and make a verbal statement on such, especially along with some IMs and some affirmations. It's bringing that into you strengthening that feeling inside of you and manifesting more of it in the world. One of the biggest things I find that's overlooked with gratitude, it 
clears all the noise out, even if it's just for a few seconds. When you wake up and you're grateful for waking up, for having a roof over your head, for having food to feed yourself, whatever it is you're grateful for, when you're thinking on that, you're not hearing all the noise, all the worries with work, with bills maybe it is, with relationships, all the noise that we have in life that we put so much worth into. It disappears for a few seconds. And when you do that, clear that noise, all of a sudden, you give that voice inside a greater chance to be heard. That intuition of yours, that voice inside, not the neurotic one inside your head that doesn't want to shut up a lot of the times, that one that knows the path to take, the decisions for you to make, the one that so many of us make a habit of telling to shut up because it is saying to go the opposite way of what our selfish desires are telling us to go for. The materialistic things we want in life, the attachments we have. So when we can clear that noise and start hearing that voice a little bit more, we can practice listening to it and giving it a voice instead of telling it to shut up. Because that voice truly knows the right decision to make. My man Deepak Chopra speaks on this often in regards to there being only one right choice to make in any situation. And your heart knows that choice. If you simply be still, be, and listen, does your body send you a signal of comfort with the choice you're thinking of? If it does, then that's the right choice to make. True comfort, not your sexual desires, your greed, or anything like that, truly in your heart space? Or does that heart space send you a signal of discomfort? If it does, then you know it's the wrong decision to make. So gratitude. My mentors, Brad Lee, taught me something on gratitude I will share with you before I close this out. To start your day... Just so excited and appreciative that you have another day. To put a bloody sign on your bedroom wall that says, congratulations, you get another day. And to help you understand the weight of that, just how important that should be to you to have that kind of gratitude and that outlook on life because you decide how your day goes. Sure, we got people in circumstances that are terrible, absolutely terrible, but they still have the power within to dive into that consciousness and to evolve and take something beautiful out of every situation. I know that's hard to hear for many. Let's just look at this simple way of looking at it that Bradley taught me. If someone were to say, hey, I'm going to give you a million dollars tomorrow morning wired to your bank account, what would your reaction be when you see that million dollars in your bank account? Would you celebrate when you wake up and see that? Now, most people are going to say yes. All right. 
Now, what if I was going to give you a million dollars every morning? You wake up and see that every morning for the next two weeks. Would you celebrate? Most people will say yes. Now, here's the kicker. I'm going to do that. I'm going to give you a million dollars tomorrow morning. You're going to wake up with it. But you got to take this pill right now. And you're not going to wake up in two Maybe two days, maybe you got five days. Depends on how it reacts with your body. So you get that million dollars, but your life is gone. You only have a few days to enjoy it. Would you take the million dollars? Most people would not. They would choose their life over that million dollars. So then ask yourself, why aren't you waking up and celebrating that you have life? That you got another day like you would celebrate if you won a million dollars, considering you would choose your life over that money. We take so much for granted. And for me, this whole incident has taught me such a great deal of what true strength is. How to move past your pain body, your emotions, and dive further into your faith, respect, karma, And that it's not my job to make its end on somebody else. Go on my way and live my life to the best degree I can. Not reacting to those around me. Diving deep into the consciousness, the vast consciousness we all have access to. Some things for you to think of. I hope you gain something from this podcast as I am here living today is the best damn day of my life. Still facing a year behind bars and couldn't be happy where my life is. And I could tell you, I have a lot less than a lot of people, but I have a lot more than a lot of people as well. That doesn't matter when I speak on this. It is the consciousness that I've gained the access to that beautiful, beautiful consciousness we all have access to. So when I say I live, today is the best day of my life. You ask me any day, I will tell you that. Today is the best day of my life. I've been saying that for years. And I truly mean it. And once upon a time, I actually didn't. I used to run a landscape construction company that I started when I was 18 years old, on my bicycle. I ended up building that business into an award-winning company here in Manitoba, best landscape contractor in Manitoba, won that award for a few years. The first client of that business was Robert Gray. And that's what he would say anytime you asked him, how's your day going, Robert? Best damn day of my life. That was an energy you felt. It made an impact. I liked it. So I started saying the same thing. Took about, geez, probably 14 years until I actually believed it. All of a sudden it clicked. It is the best damn day of my life. I have air in my lungs. I'm here to make the most out of the day. I have all the memories from my past that are with me that I can enjoy and the fruits that have come from those. And as well, all the hard lessons 
and experiences from my past that I have overcome and the fruits that those have given me today, here, all together, my tool belt stacked to conquer this day, to be as God wanted me to be. So I suggest you start taking the bull by the horn, so to say, with your life. Take ownership. Don't react. Just be. Dive inside. And live one great fucking life. Hope you gained something from this. If you did, please share it. If not, don't worry about it. (laughs) You're not obligated to. But I would love to get the word around for this podcast. I will be back weekly for now. And I will be bringing guests on very soon as we dive in to all that I can help you dive into to become your best as we make our way through this thing we call life. Take care. Will you climb the high?